data gathering is exactly that to start off with it is just data gathering right so you know one week worth of data is worthless to us we can't tell anything from a week of data but three months worth of data is worth plenty to us because we can actually see things we can see trends right we can correlate somebody's um let's say we've got somebody who has got um very high stress right so they're reporting like nines and tens on their stress and their digestion is chronically gassy bloated you know irregular or loose stools all the time right we know that there is a very strong link between sympathetic dominance and digestive irritability okay so it's not just going oh i'm stressed i'm stressed i'm stressed it's okay how's this stress impacting your health right because i can see from looking at this very clear data it's not a, it's not an accident that your stress metrics are through the roof and your um and your digestion is chronically poor if we work on improving this um, the management of your stresses then your digestion is likely to improve got it yeah so it's it's more it's to correlate i suppose more than anything um and and it is data because the more things we have measured the the easier you can't there's a, there's a saying that gets knocked around it's not my saying but it's the same thing gets knocked around about you can't measure you can't manage what you don't measure right which is true because we can't just say to every tom dick and harry that walks in you're stressed out your digestion's poor your sleep's poor you know we can't just say that because we don't know right whereas if we've got clear metrics that show your stress is high, your digestion is poor, your energy is poor, your sleep is terrible, your sex drive is non-existent. You know, if somebody, if like, especially like if you've got a male individual and they've got a sex drive that's in the fucking floor, right? Then the likelihood is they're not sleeping. They're extremely highly stressed. We could, we could potentially hypothesize that they've therefore got an increased, um, if they've got higher levels of fat tissue as well because their calories are all over the shop uh, or chronically elevated we could then hypothesize that they're going to have a higher estrogen dominance because of the excess adipose tissue that they possess so they're going to have extra uh, they're going to have a higher estrogen dominance they're also going to have a higher um, sex hormone binding globulin level which is going to bind to their testosterone so they're going to have low testosterone right all of that from those bits of data now i'm not saying that that's going to be the same and completely true for everybody and i couldn't i couldn't prove that without a blood test right but i could make the general assumption that that could be a fact got it and regards yeah. to the female as well it's really important to do the the asking for a weekly checking on a sex drive or is totally different um it's a good thing to to track still but i mean and then you've got to remember as well with things like sex drive i don't ask people what their hip drives like sometimes i'll ask um i might ask about libido sometimes but it's not on my checking form okay. um sorry um it's not it's not on my checking form but i might ask them about it but you've got to remember as well some people just naturally have a lower libido than others yeah so that that has to be taken into account but if you've ever been stressed to the point where 
like if you've had work stress on you to the point where you're not sleeping properly, you're not eating properly, your fasting blood sugars are extremely high and you're all of a sudden struggling to get an erection, like they all, that all comes down to that one stress metric, right? Or not even if you, you might be able to get an erection, but you might, you might just all of a sudden you can't be bothered to have sex. That's not usually a good sign. Yeah, that's a sign of you're burning out somewhere because your libido's in the floor. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Okay. Okay, okay. And then just with the last one regards to the weekly check-in digestion, mm -hmm. what, what is, where it can be the main aspect because digestion is really deep. Um, many people, they don't know exactly in detail. So what it can be the signs to judge if it's very good digestion or not very good digestion? Um, again, that's going to be uh, that's going to be very individual. So like some people will just naturally um, have less frequent stools than others. You know, you've got to think as well, like volume of food. Like, I don't know if you've noticed this, but as your food's got lower and lower, as you've gone through this challenge, your, your requirement to go to the bathroom is lower because you haven't got as much food that you need to pass through yet. Whereas if you're eating all the time and your calories are in excess of like four or 5,000 calories, then yeah, you, you're going to need to, you're going to need to go to the bathroom more because you've just got a higher volume of food in you. So it's, it's very individual. And it's, yeah, you're right. It's a very deep topic. I mean, topic, topic. There's entire books and courses and things dedicated to that topic. So, you know, you've got to always remember what can we, what can we do? Like, what can we assume from it? Or what can we, what can we take from it? Got it. Perfect. Then the second question, uh, that you got it here as well. Give me one sec. So what what do we need to do when our fitness journey is not priority for us anymore? Us as individuals. Mm -hmm. So is fitness not your passion anymore? It's not. It's not priority. It's like before it, the motivation was on the top, but then you realize that you're not motivated anymore, or you just don't care like before. What's your What's your priority now? Well, it's not regards to my pers a personal question. Sorry, it's like an oh. standard question. Oh, for a, for a client? Yeah, like for anyone who, who, for example, yeah, for a client, let's say for a client. Um, well, I suppose that always links back to their, their reason as to why. You know, why are they doing this? Who are they doing it for? Are they doing it for themselves or are they doing it for somebody else? Because if they're doing it for somebody else, it'll never be, it'll never last. It has to be for themselves. Is their anchor strong enough? Yeah, their emotional anchor, is that strong enough? Is their, is their reasoning for coming in to see you in the first place, is that strong enough? Because if not, it's never going to last. It'll be very much a flash in the pan. I don't know if you know that saying. Um, a flash in the pan just means like a, a fad, right? Why so many people fall off the fall off the wagon when it comes to fitness? You know, there's a thing called push and pull goals, right? So a push goal is like you start you you step on the scales and you're normally 80 kilos, but you step on the scales and you're 85. And you're like, oh my god, I've let it go too far. I need to do everything I can to get that number down. That's a push goal, right? That will push you off the mark and start you doing. You'll spend two weeks eating perfectly, training, blah 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 blah. So let's say it's going to take you eight weeks, right? So the first two weeks, you're motivated by that push goal. 
when you get two weeks in, so you're a quarter of the way, the pull goal at the end, if that's not strong enough, yeah, to pull you through the rest of those six weeks, you're never going to make it, right? Because you've got six weeks to make up, and by the second week, you can't remember exactly how you felt when you stood on that scale and saw 85, right? So it, this is why motivation is bullshit and why people shouldn't rely on willpower because it will never work. It will never, ever work, right? Yes, you might require it sometimes for various situations, but using it as your, using willpower as your thing to get you through will never work, right? So don't, you need that, you need to have an anchor. So stepping on a scale and seeing a number that's higher than you want it to be isn't enough of a push to get you to the end. It needs to be, I don't like that number. Why don't I like that number? I don't like that number because I don't like how it makes me feel. Why don't I like how it makes me feel? Do I now feel uncomfortable in my own skin? Yeah, do I feel unattractive to not only to my partner, but to myself? Do I feel like I've lost a part of myself because I've let my get self go? Do I feel like a failure to my children as a role model because I've let myself get into this position? This doesn't make me a bad person, but I know how I feel when I eat right, when I train well, when I look after myself, when I give back to my body, I know how my mental, physical and physiological health is impacted by those three things. So my goal, the, th the thing at the end that's pulling me through is that it's not the fear of dropping off, but it's the thing of, why would I do some, why would I eat away and train away that makes me feel like this? Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. For me, I am consistent with my nutrition. I'm consistent with my training and consistent with my exercise because I know how it impacts my family life, my work life, my social life. And I know how I feel when I don't do the things that I do on a daily basis. You know, if I go two weeks without preparing my food or eating vegetables or, you know, drinking enough water, if I go two weeks with that, I feel shit. I feel awful. And I'm like, is this what people feel like when they walk around? This must be terrible. But people get used to feeling a certain way. I feel great, but I still get tired, obviously. But because I'm so used to running at 90%, 100% all the time, as soon as I drop into 80%, I feel knackered, right? Some people are walking around at 60%, but that's all they know. That's their normal, yeah? One of the first things we get off clients when they follow their nutrition for the first couple of weeks, first thing they say, I've never eaten this much food before in my life. Second thing they say, I've got so much more energy all of a sudden. I feel great. Of course you do, because now you're eating fucking nutrients. Yeah? Now you're actually eating things that are good for you. Yeah? Okay. That's really, really, really good. Trust me, it's like yeah. really good stuff. That was really good, wasn't it? It's a good thing you recorded that. Yeah, I tell you. That was, yeah, that was very good. <laughs> I, I, I will edit it that, and I will give you the shots as well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll send that out. The next one is going to be, uh, which advice can you give us uh, for people who wanted to be healthy, but they wanted to still enjoying uh, this kind of no healthy or no healthy drinks? Because, you know, people label 
a food, a good food and bad food. Yeah. So what can be the advice that you can give to those people? Well, I think, first of all, we, we need to establish there is no good or bad food, right? Mm -hmm. So if this links into the question about relationships with food, you know, we spoke about that a lot on the mentorship this time of like, what, what is people's relationship with food like? Labeling something as good or bad is, is detrimental. So I've just eaten some, I'd say it was dark chocolate, but it wasn't very dark. It's quite light, if I'm honest, right? Now, because it's not like 90% dark chocolate, is that good or bad? It's neither, it doesn't matter, no, right? It's, it's, it's just a bit of chocolate, it's, it's food, right? Coke Zero, right, is that good or bad? We can't say it's bad, because why, what's wrong with it? What's wrong with a can of Coke Zero? Now, if I, was eating, if I was drinking 20 of these, then that action would be bad, right? But labeling something as good or bad reinforces that negative relationship with food which people already have you know i'm sure you've had this plenty of times as a coach because i know i have people will message me that the questions that that don't matter right in the sense of like oh can i have like you know i oh how was your nutrition today oh yeah it was fine or oh, i had i had four eggs in the morning instead of three though so Oh, well, I know because there's quite a lot of calories in eggs. Is there fuck? It's definitely not an egg that's making you fat. It's definitely the pack of biscuits that you're eating in the evening. Right? There's not good or bad foods. There are foods that are more optimal. Right? There are foods that we would want people to consume. I want 90 to 95% of people's nutrition to come from whole single ingredient foods. Right? because they're going to live longer they're going to feel better their digestion is going to be better their health is going to be better in general blah, blah 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 all that good stuff right but i also want them to enjoy themselves i eating eating healthy does not mean eating lean protein and vegetables right that's not eating healthy that's just eating lean protein and vegetables right it's so it's such a vast subject and I think it's something that people get very lost in. You know, if there's one thing I can't stand when people talk to me about their diet is when they say, oh, I've been good this week. What the fuck does that mean? I've been good. You're not a dog. Don't reward yourself. Like, don't re I've been good this week, so I'm going to have a pizza. Why? Because pizza's bad. Well, pizza's not bad. Like, don't get me wrong. If I'm three weeks out from, from a competition and I'm on like 1800 calories, I'm not having a pizza because it would be a poor food choice for my situation and it wouldn't line up with the goal that I'd laid out, right? Now, if my goal is to maintain my body weight, enjoy my training, enjoy my life, feel, ha feel happy and healthy and enjoy my life with my family and friends, I can totally get a pizza in, 100%. No worries. I could eat a pizza every single week. Sorry, every single week and not put body fat on. Of course I could. I just have to be sensible about what I eat around it because there's a lot of calories in a pizza. Right? But it's not a bad thing. You know, if I if I had a housewarming party, let's say, and I invite all my friends around for pizza, am I going to be a bad person if I have pizza? No. 
Equally, am I going to be a bad person if I choose not to have the pizza and I have food that I've prepared myself? No. But most of our clients don't want to feel like that, right? And it might not be necessary to do that. It's completely dependent on the individual, right? But I think in terms of what's the advice if they want to enjoy not healthy food or drinks, I think the problem with that question comes down with what's the definition of, of, healthy, uh, of not healthy food or drinks? You know, a pint, a pint of beer is not unhealthy. 10 pints of beer on a Saturday night every week, yeah, probably not your best move. Probably not healthy, right? It's people live in extremes, especially in this industry. People live in extremes. And I fucking hate that all or nothing mentality. It's stupid. I'm having 10 pints. I'm having no pints. Well, let's have three, shall we? Let's have three pints because you can't generally say to me that that 10th pint is giving you what the sixth one is. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. So let's not have 10. Let's not have nothing. Let's have three. You still get to go to the pub. You still get to hang out with your mates. They might give you a bit of ribbon because you're not drinking as much. But hey, you're going to lose like a stone in a week because all your inflammation is going to drop out. Right? It's, it's that. That's the thing. So it's pretty much just moderation, right? It's like no going crazy. Ooh, I hate that word. Don't fucking say that word. Why do you think that moderation is not the right word? I think moderation is a stupid word because... Or it can be instead. <clears throat> Uh, well, it is a stupid word, but it probably is the right word. Right, so there's an old, there's a saying, I don't know if you've mm -hmm. heard this, everything in moderation, right? Yeah, it does, that's yeah. one of the things that uh, I'm trying to even teach myself about how can you measure. Right, the reason I hate that word or hate that saying is because everything in moderation is a sentence that is normally said by people who have consistently failed to moderate things. Exactly. Right? Mm -hmm. So everything in moderation would mean that three pints instead of 10 pints, right? But it wouldn't mean, oh, well, I usually have 10 pints on a Saturday night, but now I'm having three, I'm only having three pints now, but I'm having it every night because everything in moderation. Or no, because now you're having 21 pints a week instead of 10. Yeah? Does that make sense? Yeah, so what, so what should we do? We've got to educate. So how can you educate? Because that's the thing. Because when you're teaching someone, crutch, about uh, the nutrition fundamentals. You need to tell them what is protein, what is carb, what is healthy fats, vegetable fruit. Yeah. They get into it, they feel great about themselves eating all these uh, nutrients, but yeah. then now they are scared to come back and mix where, where it's going to be with the foods that they've been eating before. Mm -hmm. Like for example, pizza, burgers, they, they are scared that they may lose or they may not feel the same way. So how can you teach or educate people to, have, to include the foods that they've been having before, but in a wise way i say to my guys that i want 90 percent of their food to come from those sources 90 percent of their nutrition wants to be whole single ingredient foods and water basically right that's what i want 90 percent of their stuff to be 10 10 percent and you can break it down into any example that you want break it down into finance if you like that's a good one to say like if you if you earn two thousand pound a month and you saved £2,000 a month, you're not going to have a great time. Yeah. If you made £2,000 a month and, well, all right, hang on, let me say that again. If you made £2,000 a month and you saved 
um, £2,000 a month, right? Because you need to save. After three months, you're going to be like, I've saved for three months. I'm going to go and spend some of this money, right? You spend three grand. So now you're down to 3,000. Yeah, because you had six, you've gone down to three. If you make two grand a month and you say, I'm going to spend 500 pounds every single month on whatever I want, I'm going to blow it, right? After three months, you've got four and a half thousand pounds saved. And you don't have the you don't have the mindset of I need to have a blowout. Same thing with nutrition, right? By the way, I know you're recording this. That was fantastic maths. I figured that all out in my head on the that was very quick. <laughs> <laughs> but right, but same thing with nutrition. Eating clean, whatever the fuck that means, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There's not many people, especially our clients, none of our clients want to do that. And they don't have to do that. They live in a world, it comes back to that extremes. They live in a world where they think they need to be on that side of the scale. They don't. They need to be somewhere in the middle. Yeah, or easing this way a little bit, right? Because if you, because you need to educate them on the fact that I'm not telling you that you have to eat this food, this shit food, right? But you have to allow yourself a certain output or a certain amount of food so that you don't restrict, 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 and then binge. Yeah, and it's just an education thing. And to be completely honest with you, mate, every now and then they have to fuck up. Yeah, they have to get it wrong so that they can experience it. Because you can tell somebody something as much as you like, but until they experience it, they won't know. Hello, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Remember to rate and share with others. Share your mindset because we are here with a purpose to level up yourself and take you to the next stage. See you later.